You're listening to episode number 15 of Radical Shift, the neuroscience of millionaires. You're going to discover exactly what happens inside the brain of a millionaire so you can achieve the same effect on those 2020 goals. Now for something a little different. I'm success coach and serial entrepreneur, Carla White, and I'm on a mission to wake the shift out of you. Filled with honesty and humor, this show is designed to lower your stress, increase your income, build your relationships, and make your journey a lot more fun. Welcome to Radical Shift. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Shift. I'm your host, Carla White, and I am so thankful that you're here. Now, if you ever want to reach out to me, uh, you can find me on both Instagram or Facebook at Hey Carla White. I would love to hear from you. In fact, I just got off a call with a woman who we started out a conversation on Instagram. She messaged me. I replied. She couldn't believe it was me. And now I'm helping her get unstuck financially. So if you ever want to reach out to me, just call, just reach out, just say hi. I would love to hear from you. And in fact, this episode, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaways on the neuroscience of becoming a millionaire. So millionaires, I have discovered, not only just dress differently, talk differently, think differently, but their chemical composition of the brain is different too. And once you discover this, once you crack the code of how this works, you'll discover that busting through that ceiling, that financial glass ceiling that you're bumping up against over and over again is a lot easier than anything else. So we often think that in order to make a lot of extra money in our lives, we have to do a lot more work. And in fact, the the hardest work, the hardest workers are making the least amount of money. We, I think we all know this. But because of that, because they're working so hard and they're not making so much, we almost feel like the people who are making the most doing the least amount of work aren't worthy of it. But the truth of it is, is that you're making more impact. You're helping more people on a greater mass. But in order to achieve that level, we have to get outside of our comfort zone of the doubts that we tell ourselves. So most people don't even have the self-confidence to to achieve the financial levels that we're talking about, the millions that we're talking about. And the reason they don't have that self-confidence is because they've let themselves down so many times. And when you let yourself down, you are lying to yourself. You believe that you don't believe yourself anymore. You don't believe your own capabilities anymore. The woman that I spoke with, she's a doctor, she's working for a startup, and she feels like she let herself down. She has a doctorate degree and she's working for a startup. How am I not at the financial level that I set out to be 10, 20 years ago? I'm strapped with debt. How can I, how did I get here? So the first step is getting that freedom is getting rid of the guilt that you have from not being there already, of feeling like you let yourself down. Because here's the thing, if you let yourself down, you're going to expect to be be letting yourself down again in the future. And when your expectation is that, when you expect to be letting yourself down again, 
your motivation will only match that expectation. That's the law of expectation. Your motivation is parallel to what you expect. So if you expect to knock it out of the park, to crush it, your motivation is going to be pretty high. If you expect a no, a rejection, a failure to mess up again, your your motivation is going to be pretty low. And unfortunately, we were taught that fumbling, messing up, making a fool of ourselves, being vulnerable, all this stuff is a bad thing. When we mess up, when we fail, we get an F. And school has taught us that Fs are a bad thing, give up. And when you give up on yourself, you've already created this loop where you're not going to to motivate yourself again because you're going to expect to let yourself down over and over again because you feel like you lied to yourself. So let's get into the neuroscience of this first because I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole of mindset and not neuroscience. So let's get into the mindset. First off, we have 35,000 remotely conscious decisions a day. So that means we're just somewhat consciously deciding these things. For example, I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm going to eat. I'm not going to eat. In fact, we have 226 thoughts just about food. Remote con- remotely conscious decisions. So some of our subconscious, our habits are driving them. Part of our, our conscious mind are driving those. And we have over 70,000 thoughts a day, of which 70% of those are negative, self-critical, beating up on ourselves. Dang, you could have done better. Why'd you eat that donut? Man, you said you were going to do your diet today. You didn't do it. You said you were going to get all these things done. You didn't get them done. You're far behind. You're looking at your phone when you said you'd be with your kids and you're beating yourself up. Or you're angry at a person, a neighbor, your husband, your kids, your doctor, somebody. You're mad at people. And the society likes to feed off of this. In fact, because we're, we're dispositioned towards this negativity, we're more open to more negativity. We take in more negativity. And then we drink, which is a depressant, more negativity to unload some of that negativity. So we get addicted to um, our the news, towards complaining, towards negative people. We look for moments to be a victim. Uh, in fact, if your body isn't getting the cortisol, so every time that you you shoot through these negative feedback loops, you're getting some some cortisol and your body gets addicted to that cortisol. So even if you aren't looking for that negativity, your body wants it because it wants that cortisol shot. It wants that shot of cortisol. Now, there's some debate out, and I've debated this with some of my coaches um, who have said that we're wired towards a negative bias, meaning that that we're just looking for the negative. We're just like that for survival, to to fight off the woolly mammoth and all this other stuff. But I'd like to, I always argue with them because I like to think that we're actually wired to be joyful. If you look at all of our kids, they're joyful. My kid got up at 5.30 this morning because it's his birthday and he was pretty joyful. <laughs> even when I said, look, dude, you got to go back to bed. He was still pretty joyful. And he got up another 20 minutes later. He was still joyful. Like, can I get up now? Can I get up now? Now? I mean, it's his birthday, but that's just how he is. He is wired to be positive. 
most of the time, unless they're tired or hungry, then they get into negativity. And I feel like we've been conditioned to be more and more negative as we grow up. We're naturally wired to be positive, to be joyful, but we grow to be more and more negative. And this is why a gratitude practice, a habit of finding the good in everything brings out that natural state of joy always constantly pushing yourself to feel, to, to get into a positive state. And I don't mean pushing as in, you got to do this, something you should do, because that's another negative emotion. That's a negative vibration, but wanting to be higher, wanting to be more joyful, wanting to be more playful, going back into that childlike frame of mind. Because when you go into that childlike frame of mind, when you're more joyful, you have more dopamine. Your dopamine increases. You have more shots of dopamine. You start to get addicted to the dopamine and not to the cortisol. So dopamine comes from our mesolimbotic pathway. It's chemical that gets shot that says to the brain, hey, something, something awesome is about to happen. That's a dopamine shot. That's like, oh my gosh, something really cool is about to happen. So here's what happened. They took some monkeys and they would ring a bell and then they give the monkey a little treat. We've all kind of heard these experiments, right? And they measured the dopamine. And the dopamine shot way up when they rang the bell. Not when they got the treat. It went up a little bit getting the treat. It was, hey, I'm going to get something. That bell signifies I'm getting something. So we get this in our urges to reach for our phone. Oh, I'm going to get something. In fact, they did this second experiment where they'd ring the bell and then they'd randomize the treat. Sometimes I get two, sometimes I get four, sometimes I get something they like, sometimes they wouldn't get it what they like. They swapped it up. And when they started to swap it up and the treats were random, the dopamine was off the charts. So look at how our phones are designed, how this Facebook is designed. Did you get a like? Did somebody comment on something? Is it a friend anniversary on this day? What They randomize it so much that you don't know what you're going to get. And so now you get these dopamine urges to open up your phone. In fact, most people have inso- when they have insomnia, they have that cortisol spiking through their brain. They're going to their phone for the dopamine fix. They get it, they open it up. The dopamine isn't that high. High, it's in anticipation of reaching for that phone. Who am I? Where am I? What is my identity? We reach for the phone as soon as we wake up to get that dopamine rush. But unfortunately, that's also where the cortisol rushes are. They're planted in there. And so when you're expecting, you get that dopamine rush, I'm going to reach for my phone, you open it up, you don't get the dopamine, you get the cortisol. And we get this negative feedback loop. You get more and more addictive. So dopamine, if you cannot (laughs) reach for your phone instead, but use it towards your advantage to hitting your goals, to getting that millionaire mindset, to uh, getting out of your comfort zone, to do what you need to do. And in the next episode, I'm going to do a special episode on this shortcut to wealth, like the shortest path to wealth, the easiest, shortest path to wealth that most people won't do because they don't, they would rather die than do this. And I'm not talking about robbing a bank or stealing. I'm talking about something pretty simple. And I'm going to get into that in the next episode. But what I want to talk, I want to stick with the the chemical um, reactions in a millionaire's mind. And so millionaires get their dopamine rushes, not from buying stuff, 
constantly. That's um, more of a, a poor man's mentality is I got to buy stuff to get this dopamine rush, but rather from creating stuff because we are naturally producers. In fact, when our great, great grandparents came over to the United States to settle this land, they were here, they came to produce, to produce a new lifestyle, to produce a new way of living. And when we had the Industrial Revolution, the second Industrial Revolution that happened after World War II, we had an abundance of goods on the shelves and nobody was buying these goods. So the government turned to the marketers who changed the story about what it was to be American. And so instead of producing and creating, we needed to consume. Instead of having your favorite soap recipe, no, buy this one. This soap will make you happier. Your happiness is a white picket fence, a two-car garage, and a Cadillac to park in that garage. Two kids, a job, retirement fund. This is happiness. But what we discovered as a nation was our happiness levels started to plateau and then decrease because our debt went up to cover the expenses of buying stuff rather than creating. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and make your own soap every day or sew your own clothes, but to realize that as a human, you are naturally wired to produce, to create. And creating is another way to get that dopamine rush. So I'm going to give you three ways to make dopamine just the way that you can knock it out of the park in 2020, where you can strategically tone down the cortisol rushes because you're addicted to them. You can't just cut them off. Your body's going to look for them. But slowly wean yourself off of all that cortisol because you don't need it. You're not getting chased by a woolly mammoth. You're sitting on your sofa watching Netflix, and yet your body is in reactive mode as if it's getting chased by a tiger. You don't need it. Most people wake up with cortisol rushes. And how can you tone that down so you have more dopamine? Because dopamine is going to want to make you achieve those goals. You're not going to give up on yourself. Your expectation is you're going to achieve it. Your motivation is going to match your expectation because you're not pushing yourself out of fear. You're motivating yourself out of joyful anticipation. So if you didn't listen to episode number one, I went into more about how the law of expectation works. And I'm going to give you a quick example here. So let's say that you're going to ask somebody out, okay? And you aren't sure whether that person likes you, you kind of heard through the grapevine, and you're a little uncertain. So then you're going to go into that moment of calling them, or hopefully you look at them in, in the face, asking them for coffee. You're going to be anxious and apprehensive. You're not going to be as confident. You're going to hold back more. You're going to have a visceral reaction that's going to be more anxious. Your energy is going to be different. That person is going to interpret all those other body languages. In fact, I'm going to get into more of that in the next episode with that shortcut to wealth. But if you know this person like, like has been talking to all your friends, been dropping all the hints and clues and really, really, really likes you and you're like, okay, I'll go out with you. Then you're going to go into it with joyful anticipation. You're going to be way more confident. You're going to do more things than you would have done otherwise. 
You're going to say things. You're going to be funnier. You're going to, your energy in your body is going to be totally different. And so the key is to always be expecting the best out of a situation, always expecting the most. Because when you expect the best, you're going to put in more. You're going to be joyfully anticipating it. You're not going to have to use motivation. You're not going to have to push yourself when you expect more. So millionaires, they expect the best. Even when things don't work out for them, what they do is they turn around and they get up 10 times, 100 times quicker. They don't sit there and lick their wounds and go, oh, why woo me? I'm a victim. Not at all. They will never identify themselves as a victim. They will always identify themselves as a victor because they know at a very deep mental level, if they sit there as a victim, they're going to be held back. But when they turned it around and that was to their advantage, that worked out for them. Everything was working for them, not against them. Everything is happening for them, not to them. They can turn that story around. And what happens in a chemical level is they go from cortisol to dopamine. And I want to show you ways every day how you can make it dopamine your habit, your motivator. So number one is to have incremental goals. Because then what you do is when you have a short little bring the target in that you can hit, dang, I made it. I made it again. It gets to be fun. It gets to be enjoyable. Your dopamine is off the charts. And when that's tied to a deep, deep, deep why, then it's on overcharge because you hit that target, you got that why behind you and you're killing, then you just keep going. You're on fire. For example, when I get an email saying that the gratitude app has changed somebody's lives, I hit my target with high dopamine. That's a dopamine rush that I just can't, I can't even begin to describe. It feels so good that no matter what happens, if there's another person that comes out from the woodwork and shames me or tries to, to hurt me or, you know, bullies me on the internet, that can't raise a finger against the other people who have reached out and said, thank you so much. Your podcast has changed my life, that your app has changed my life. Your challenge has changed my life. Those, that's dopamine. But I have to bring the target every day, bring the targets in a little closer. Make those challenges just enough so you're stretching, but yet able to hit them. The second thing is to share your results with others. Boast about yourself. Put it out there that you hit your target. You did this. I put this out there and I did it. You know what that does is they're going to give you a high five. They're going to say congratulations. It's not being narcissistic. It's showing them what you are capable of achieving. And then the third thing is, and this one's really killer, change your routine. This is all about taking a new path to work or getting dressed and then brushing your teeth, eating with your left hand, doing things differently. Because when you start to do things differently, you'll notice things differently. When you take a different path, you'll notice things differently. So I normally every morning go out for a walk around my neighborhood and I usually take the same path. I go out our back door, I go all the way around the golf course and I come back in um, on the opposite side. But one night I decided to do it backwards. And guess what? I noticed things I never would have noticed otherwise. I had different thoughts. In fact, anytime I go the path backwards, I always get back to that first time I took it backwards because here's the really cool fact. 
those first dopamine rushes, those first ones, those first times you just start getting on this regular dopamine routine, those first rushes are the most magical because they have been the most dormant. They've been wanting to be released for years. They're sitting there in the holding pattern, just wanting to go and take flight. So switch things up, make your targets really close and share your results with others and use your dopamine for your advantage. Don't let 70% of your thoughts be negative ones. Practice gratitude over and over, not just for five minutes a day, but all day, every day. Whenever you're in a situation where you're confronted with somebody else, thank them. Thank them for, for opening your eyes to a part of you that can be changed. Don't let yourself be in this victim mode. Be the victor. And that, my friend, if you can achieve that, and you'll listen to my next podcast, which I'm hoping to bring out on Thursday, you do those two things together, you'll crush 2020. I promise you, hands down. But most people, their expectations are way too low, simply because they let themselves down in the past. They won't even let themselves dream anymore. So when you dream, and I'm <laughs> leave it at this, when you dream, dream big. And I'm talking about when you're thinking about, I want to go to Paris. That's a big dream of mine. Talk about everything around that. Where are you staying in Paris? What are you doing in Paris? What clothes are you wearing? What shoes are you wearing? Who are you talking to? What foods are you eating? How long do you sleep? When do you wake up? What music are you hearing? Write all those things down. Put that in technicolor because that will increase your expectations. It'll increase your dopamine. It'll increase your why behind doing all of this, which will make you on this path, this create momentum in your life to achieving whatever it is you want to achieve. All right, Rockstars, until next time, keep being awesome and keep creating radical shifts. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you want to create a radical shift in your life, all you have to do is head over to thegratitudeapp.com and that will take you directly to the app store where you can download it and start using the Gratitude app today. Now, if you're the type of person who loves to help out family and friends, be sure to share this episode. And if you ever want to reach out to me, just head on over to Instagram at Hey Carla White. I'd love to hear from you and hear your comments. Until then, keep being limitless, keep being adventurous, and keep creating radical shifts.